You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, hello and welcome to the 10,000 Layups Podcast. I am not your typical host, Kyle Rackey. Kyle Rackey has decided to, um, decided to leave town. He heard the news that Gerson was about to get fired. Um, as as with you know the rest of Vols Media, he'd heard rumblings for months. Um, and then when he heard that it was finally coming down, he actually got on a plane to Cabo. Um, now, Kyle will be probably actually leaving me a voicemail um, with his takes. But for now, I have two very special guests with me. Um, the first one is somebody who has done some amount of sports media uh, or, or sports media adjacent work in the past. And then another one who's done almost none, except that we wrote a newsletter together about the NFL. Um, but, you know, I tried Zach Lowe. I tried Woj. I think their text messages were full. Uh, you know how that works when there's just so much data coming in that they can't uh, – they didn't have space for my text. So so we're here to discuss the news, um, important news, which is that guard Theo Pinson has uh, signed a training camp contract with the Boston Celtics, who my first guest, Sam Chase. Um, welcome. How do, you, how do you feel about this big signing for your favorite team, the Boston Celtics? Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, Long time listener, first time co-host. Uh, so thrilled to be a part of things. Um, <clears throat> very happy to wel- welcome Ted to Boston. Uh, remember him as a college player. Honestly, didn't know he was in the NBA. Uh, if we see a lot of Pinson this year in Boston, it's probably a bad sign. Uh, nonetheless, wishing him success. And then my other uh, guest, Joe, who is a physicist. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. He studies space, um, which he really so what that means he's studying things that happened i believe millions of years ago so i like to consider him a historian um <laughs> joe you used to be or you are still a Knicks fan um but theo pinson used to be on your team um and yeah. you texted me and you said he has the best bench vibes of any player you'd ever seen um how do you feel now that he's joining your um kind of competition 
I'll just start again, uh, echoing Sam. Thanks for having me on the pod. Really excited to be here. Um, I did send that text, and I stand by it. I think besides Julius Randle last year, uh, Theo Pinson was the player on the Knicks that that myself and and our and our fellow Knicks fans friends discussed the most because every time they flash to him on the bench, he's always hyping his boys up. But uh, that is exactly his role. All right. All right. Now that we've used Theo Pinson to intro you guys, I want, do want to get into what we're here to discuss, which is that the Timberwolves, um, we might actually cut the Theo Pinson stuff. We'll see. Um, the Timberwolves have fired president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas. Um, I want to talk about a couple things that we know for sure before we start getting into some of the kind of speculation that's out there. And then I'm interested in what Joe and Sam have to say about kind of what this means um, or what they think it means from an external view, because I am on Wolf's Twitter. I am very steeped in this. Um, and I'm kind of curious what the outside perspective is. Plus, Kyle's not here. So we're going to make do. Um, the first thing that we know is that as soon as Gerson was fired, a lot of the Wolves media immediately said there was discord here. And we got a couple of tweets that kind of were just like, oh, like I this has been brewing for months. I've been hearing all about this. Um, however, none of this was reported. Um, it, unless I've really missed something, I don't think that any major media outlets have reported that Gerson was in danger of losing his job. There was, of course, all of this speculation of, okay, new ownership. What does this mean for Gerson long-term? I don't think anybody thought he was going to get fired today. Um, they just did a press conference announcing the new signings a week ago. This did not come up. Um, I know that there uh, things can change quickly in the league. Um, but to me, the most interesting part of this was the media narrative that this was coming as well as the timing, um, because it just makes no sense. You are kind of hampering your team's ability to do anything for the rest of the off season. I think that this Simmons to the Timberwolves, um, probably unlikely. Um, so I'm kind of curious. I just want to hear right off the bat from Joe, our two guests, Joe and Sam. What do you guys think is from an outside perspective? What about this story jumped out to you the most? I'll start with Sam. Yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> same thing. I'm sure you did when the news broke is check wolves, Twitter, as you said, you're steeped in it. I'm not. Uh, so I was somewhat surprised to see that it was a surprise for everyone. Um, you know, as far as timing, I think what could have changed in a week, who could have become unhappy fast enough for this to happen. You think about the team star player. I mean, we have a league today where if you're a LeBron caliber player, maybe a KD or a Giannis can't say whether cats on that level, although as the superstar in a small market, I think effectively he is in this situation. First thought, okay, is this cat? Did he want the team to go in a different direction and want someone else out? And then, of course, the best tweet to come out of Wolves for today was cat. Was it just WTF? Dot dot dot. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or he's doing a very elaborate game here where he uh, pulled the strings on this and then is publicly going, huh? <laughs> uh, but that yeah. seems unlikely. So. So that aside, I mean, it's completely baffling because uh, as far as Wolves management and, and personnel, your number one priority is keeping Cat happy. That was, I 
you can say differently, but from the outside, I think that was the impetus for the DLO trade, right? Which maybe um, you know set up some valuable assets uh, to swap Wiggins for for DLO. That was to get Cat's best friend in town. You know, everything it, managing this roster has been in service of keeping Towns happy and wanting to stay in Minnesota. So if this move wasn't done to that purpose, if this move was not only not done to those ends, but also works against that goal, uh, it's even more bewildering. So, and apparently, Cat wasn't told. You know, it's even it's even more interesting that the ownership doesn't think to go to their star player and at least give them the heads up um, and say, you know, maybe just don't go on Twitter. You know, or like just by the way, this is coming. We're firing. Who is ostensibly kind of your guy? Um, right. Because I will say, the impression that I got was that Kirsten was pretty well liked by his players. When he, I worked for the Wolves when he came into the organization, and his entire thing was about building a player centric organization. So he put the needs of the players before anyone else. And, you know, I think that we can kind of get into this a little bit later, but I think that did not set the organization up for success. Um, kind of on a larger level, just because you have a lot of other people who work for that organization um, who do not feel prioritized by that that administration. But um, I'm I'm completely with you. It's really really strange the way that kind of Cat reacted to it. Joe, do you have anything? Uh, just like to you? something Sam said that that jumps out to me is that what like what can happen in a week? Who becomes disgruntled enough to make this kind of move, considering how high up? in the organization he is it has to come from the owner which is interesting to me just because it's kind of a i mean he, you've got a few more years left but it's kind of a lame duck ownership group right now 100%. like they're moving out and it's strange to become so unhappy so fast with the head of your front office that you just want them out immediately to bring someone else in who new ownership might not like in a couple of years and then you kind of start this process all over again Yep. That's not to say that I think Rosas should have kept the job. Like, I don't think we're discussing whether or not he should have been fired on the merits of it right now. Like, I'm sure we'll get to that. But it's just a strange thing to me from a like organizational management perspective. It doesn't really make any sense. And I think yeah. the timing on top of that is strange to me just because it kind of reminds me a little bit of in the NFL when GMs will be fired after the draft basically after like theoretically what they're spending the whole off season and even in season preparing for, yep. you've already used all your assets and you've set the team up for the next year just to have someone else come in and either take the blame or get a free year of a kind of a disaster year, potentially like right. there's no, the, the winning condition out of this seems so small and you have to thread kind of a crazy needle for it to work out for whoever you bring in as either interim GM or, like full-time GM. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, the timing is weird here on a micro and a macro level, right? Like it's, it's weird on the kind of Mark Laura, Alex Rodriguez transition. And it's weird to fire your GM in the middle of kind of trade and free agency season. Like with, and after what is it, three weeks before training camp starts. Right. So after like, you've made big deals involving, uh, you know, large assets related to the Rosas, like yeah. tenure as GM, right? The Culver deal is a huge whiff on that pit, like trade up and pick Culver. Everyone kind of taught, like touted his decision to like not make mistakes twice and like keep Culver and mess up the rotation, but you're shipping out that player that you picked yourself and then you get fired like, you know, weeks to months later. I just don't understand at all 
why you would let someone make decisions involving high level assets like that and then immediately fire them after you've kind of already, you know, used up all of your time and value. Yeah. Well, here's what I'll say. I do not think, and I think that I'm not alone in this. I do not think Gerson Roses was fired for any any of his moves. Um, so I, I know that like there have been a lot of people saying that they heard rumblings that just that there was discord in the front office and that Gerson was about to be fired. The, I think the second part of that, the fact that Gerson was about to be fired, I think that's kind of bullshit to be perfectly honest. Um, I think Gerson was very very open with the media, and I'm not necessarily I'm not going to like. I don't know. I, I respect these people, so I'm not going to make the accusation that they were carrying his water um, by like this kind of being spun in the way that it has. But you know, this there was the, the idea that there was rampant speculation that Gerson was going to be fired is completely false. John Krasinski was on Zach Lowe's podcast four days ago, talking about the Wolves, talking about Ben Simmons. It did not come up, um, and there is nobody better sourced than John. So it's like. That is not true. However, the idea that there was discord in the Timberwolves front office is 100% true. Um, We have heard things on this podcast. We've talked about it on previous episodes. Um, It was not always like a happy situation there. Um, The Wolves organization is dysfunctional. Anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that Kyle and I both really believe this. We don't think it's particularly well run. Um, And that really does go all the way to the top. So, you know, we've heard that Gerson was tough to work for. We've heard um, that, you know, like there's all this discord. And then if you read their statement, um, what really jumped out to me is that it said, as an organization, we remain committed to building a winning team that our fans and city can be proud of. So maybe that's just boilerplate language, but to me that kind of, that they can be proud of really jumped out. So I am wondering just if, this is more of an indictment on Gerson's leadership than it is on what he's done because the moves that he's made, I thought, I thought they're not very good, but, but for all, like for all accounts, he wasn't done, you know, like they're sitting on this Simmons deal. Supposedly they supposedly have this deal that they've put out there for Simmons. Philly's not biting, but nobody else is either. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that they could get this done. Um, Can I ask you a I question about that? Yeah, Julian? go ahead. Because I think that is another really interesting wrinkle here, the Simmons stuff in particular. Mm-hmm. And the timing of this, 24 hours after the report or whatever it was, that Simmons is just straight up not going to play for the Sixers ever again. And, you know, there has been, like you said, rampant speculation about the Wolves really wanting Simmons to be on the team next year or trading mm-hmm. for him. Yep. But do you think that there's any connection with ownership either being mad that players that have been acquired are being floated in deals for Simmons really publicly or mad that they're not pushing hard enough to get Simmons when it seems like other teams are really kind of off the table at this point. Like a lot of contending teams aren't there. So do you think ownership is mad? They're not going after Simmons or that they're going after him too publicly and too hard. Or do you think it has nothing to do with the, the firing? I don't have enough information to be able to answer that question. I don't think like I, I'm not going to pretend to be an insider. I do know that it is pretty easy for ownership to say, like it's pretty easy for ownership and for GMs to backtrack 
you know, it's pretty easy. Like if they didn't, if they're like, oh, we're not moving D'Lo in a Simmons trade, you just put out a statement that says like, we're committed to keeping D'Lo. And like, if Gerson is saying like, no, I'm going to trade D'Lo, whether you like it or not, then like, yeah, he could get fired. But you think that would come out, you know? So I don't know. It's, I think that this does put them at a worse um, position to contend for Simmons. Um, I mean, having a transition in the front office usually means that your front office does nothing for the rest of the off season. Um, I don't know if this means that ownership doesn't want Simmons. Um, I think of all the scenarios that you outlined, the idea that Gerson was trying to move pieces to get Simmons and that ownership didn't want Simmons caused a rift is the most believable of the like Simmons related kind of trade related breaking points, I guess. But I don't necessarily think that's the case. What do you think ownership would have <clears throat> was envisioning as such a strong future for the franchise without that trade taking place you know like without like, simmons yeah why would they what what is the alternative that they're so enamored with i mean with all due respect yeah. kind of a stagnant franchise uh yeah i mean i think that the the upside i think and i saw seen a couple of tweets about this i think that the i think the thinking there is okay like you were an average offense under chris finch for 15 games last year. Cat was hurt for a lot of the season. D'Lo was hurt for a lot of the season. Beasley was out for a lot of the season. I think that your argument there is we haven't seen enough to be able to make a judgment on whether or not Cat, D'Lo, Beasley, Edwards, maybe Edwards takes the next step. I think you just like make the call that you haven't seen enough. And and I don't agree with that at all. Um, I think that the Wolves are going to be bad if their roster is as kind of is as constructed. Yeah. Such a dynamic too, where the GM is looking to make a big swing on a star player. I mean, you can debate Ben Simmons status in the sure. league, but an all, uh, an all-star uh, versus ownership wanting to take a longer view approach. That's opposite to what we typically see in that situation where ownership wants someone to, uh, you know, go a player like Simmons to get more fans in the building and maybe make a win now push, you know, younger than he's not an aging vet or anything but yeah um but yeah so that would be an interesting reversal of that that it's also really it's really funny too because i i think the kind of prevailing perception was that maybe one of the reasons kirsten was going to make a big move was because he wanted to keep his job you know so i think that if if this is a result of all the kind of simmons drama that's ridiculous um Another thing that came out of the Zach Lowe, John Krasinski pod that I thought was interesting is that Kirsten has kind of developed a reputation around the league for basically proposing deals that are kind of bullshit. Um, <laughs> and just like, like, that like dude <laughs> in all your fantasy leagues. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and that there's maybe, I didn't hear that there was a frustration, but just like maybe that, you know, he would do things like start the negotiations for Simmons for, you know, Jake Lehman and two firsts and like see what ha- you know and so it's like I'm sympathetic as somebody who also likes to in my fantasy leagues I'm gonna try to win trades but you want somebody like it's really important to have a GM that's really respected around the league and I think if you throw that in with the fact that he kind of had a reputation for being tough to work for uh I don't know um I I wouldn't be shocked if we hear in the next 48 hours to a week that there was some kind of triggering event um, I don't know what that is, but I think it's pretty unlikely that ownership had been thinking about this for a long time. And then it was just like, all right, fuck it. Let's pull the trigger on, you know, at two 30 on a random Wednesday. 
Um, also, I don't think the business side knew because their press release was so short and it was misspelled. They misspelled Timberwolves. And like, <laughs> I, I work in communications and, and like you check those things. And if I think ownership was like, we're firing him. The business side was like, oh my God. And like pushed off this press release. Like, I don't think this was like something that they've been preparing for. But Certainly not. It certainly wasn't imminent, but it's also hard to imagine. It's the type of situation where the guy does one thing you don't like and he's gone right like right. yeah true it it may have you know it was a likely some sort of straw that broke the camel's back it may not have been a straw that was foreseen but can't imagine right. it was the first thing the ownership would have been displeased with 100 percent. that's completely correct unless it was some kind of conduct violation but like i don't sure. really want to go there because there's no evidence that that's the case right where do you All think right this means the wolves and whether that's ownership or, or whatever, like actually see themselves this year. Like going that's a really good question. I think the first question is like whether or not the two have anything to do with each other, but assuming that they do, I think this probably means that ownership wants to stand pat um, and see what has, ha what happens with the team. Um, I don't know how Kat's going to feel about that. I know that Kat, Kat gets a lot of flack for his kind of like goofy quotes, basically. Um, he really does want to win. And I think Kat has matured a lot over the last two years, um, both on and off the court. And I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Timberwolves, as there always is, you know, in this day and age with any star in a, on a bad team. Um, I, Yeah. I think the expectation is that the Wolves will make the playoffs this year. Um, Within the organization the or like? Within the organization. Yeah, okay. I think that they want to make a play-in game um, at least. And, but I think they, I think there are people in the building. There must be people in the building who think they can do it with this roster. And maybe Gerson wasn't one of them. I don't know. I, I think know. it's easy to tell yourself that story, that story too, especially oh, yeah. when you look, I think when you look more at the East than you look at the West. Uh, and you look at teams like the Knicks and even the Hornets and teams that, I don't know, probably overperformed last year, even the ones that didn't quite make it up to the playoffs. The problem mm -hmm. is the West is not that at all. Um, and it's really tight when you look from 7 to 11 in the West. And I don't know that you can say the Wolves are even at 11. No, we had this conversation a couple pods ago, and I think that we put the Wolves at – be 11 or 12, maybe 10, some, somewhere in the 12 to 10 range, depending on like how you feel about the Kings. But you know, when you're asking yourself, like when you're trying to figure out if your team's going to be successful and your like key question is, all right, but how do you feel about the Kings? You're not in a good, that's not in a good spot. Not in a good spot. All right. Well, do, do any of you have uh, anything to add? Otherwise you can kind of wrap this up. Um, thanks for filling in. I think we're going to probably stitch Kyle's voicemail at the end of this. Um, I know I said the next time we'd be on the pod, we'd have new mics, but then Kirsten got fired. Listeners are going to have to wait for the new mics. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks you both for joining. And maybe we'll have you back when the Celtics and the Knicks are meeting in the Eastern conference finals this year. One can only hope. Yeah. Happy to, happy to join anytime. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. All right, let's, uh, let's tee up Kyle's voicemail if we have it. So if Kyle sends me a voicemail, it's it's coming up, and if you start to hear the music, if you're hearing the music right now, no voicemail. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Julian, I sent this to you from Cabo. 
the Timberwolves continue just to ruin my life. Uh, we're doing an emergency podcast, or you're doing an emergency podcast without me today. Um, Gerson Rose is fired. Initial thoughts, like not a huge surprise, just from like what I've heard internally from from the organization. But like I think externally, probably a huge surprise given everybody was talking about like Gerson and all of his sneaky good moves. But um, Julian, you know what? I, I, I've had a margarita today, so um, just like bear with me here. But I think like you and I have kind of talked about this the whole time that like there's just like the the reality versus. Um, like the PR that we've been given with like the Rosas and his moves. Um, and then you combine that with, I think how he might maybe treats people that, that works for him. So um, like not a huge surprise. I actually think it's like a pretty big day for, for Timberwolves basketball. I think it's a big move. I didn't even see who's like replacing him. So you, you guys have to fill me in, like text me. I have like zero service here. Um, but uh, yeah, and like good, good job by you doing the pod, man. Love you. Um, I'll be back on Monday. So let's talk. Uh, later Wolves fans, um, it's a new day and it's an exciting day.